This is the Dennis Miller Option. Your source of opinions, stories, and laughs from comedian and inactivist Dennis Miller, his guy Friday Christian Blatt, and superstar producer Lindsay Floyd. And now, it's him, Dennis Miller. Hey folks, welcome to the Dennis Miller Option. I'm back from a month overseas, wiped out completely. Uh, I was going to attempt to be extrapolative, and indeed, as I go to tell you that I can't be today because I'm too exhausted, I'll probably find a second wind of bullshit <laughs> that I didn't know existed <laughs> in me. A whole nother antechamber of splendid bullshit. I had to keep talking. But I've told Christian I want him to treat it like a Jack Webb dragnet interview today, where he just asked me the hard questions about my trip. And I'll, I'll give you just the quick, uh, the countries I went to, I went to Tokyo, I went to, um, look, you can't put the trip together, Shanghai, China, Lijiang, China, Paro, Bhutan, Tempo, Bhutan, Jaipur, India, a tiger camp called Rathambore, India. And then I went to Golf Fort in Sri Lanka. And then I went to Tangal in Sri Lanka. Then I went into the interior of Sri Lanka to the Ceylon Tea Trails, finished off with... Uh, Two days in Colombo, eyeballing every single human and wondering if he had a bomb strapped to him. <laughs> and then 33-hour flight home from uh, leaving 2.55 in the morning from Sri Lanka to Dubai, which if you see in the middle of the night, might as well just be Logan's run. <laughs> and then a two-hour wait there, and then a 16-hour flight from Dubai to L.A., then I live up north another two-hour drive. I know you're supposed to acclimate in a day. I'm far from acclimated. I will leave it in the good hands of Christian now to do a Q. We'll call it an A and Q. Usually I do, <laughs> but... Uh, uh, first of all, I can't imagine all that time on an airplane. I, I was on a Southwest flight with you from uh, New Orleans to Phoenix once, and uh, I, I didn't think we were going to make it. I thought that the, you know they were going to actually ground the plane early and throw everyone off. Well, so. uh, it was. Uh, I took a. Uh, listen, I know we live in Doctor Zhivago now. I wasn't flying coach, <laughs> and in many parts of it, I was on a. Uh, I don't even want to say it. Uh, I took a high-end trip, put it that way, folks. So uh, that was the only thing that allowed me to survive some of it But because uh, the people were nice. I was only with 12 people. But uh, the and four of them were for Pittsburgh. Can you believe that? <laughs> I said to the four after we started talking, it was the first time I'd met some of them, all of them. And uh, as we started talking and unfolded that four out of the 12 people were from Pittsburgh. Which made me laugh so hard. If you if you knew our upbringing in Pittsburgh, to think we ended up on this trip, was it the Permanti brothers themselves? Because <laughs> no. those are the people from Pittsburgh I would like to meet. Nothing stronger, no more emblematic gesture in Pittsburgh than when they make your bologna and cheese sandwich at Permanti's. It's so loaded that they have to take their heel of their hand. <laughs> And uh, jam it down. I love that move. They mash the bologna down with the heel of their hand. There are guys there who actually have whatever the uh, hand-heel equivalent of plantar fasciitis is. <laughs> <laughs> Where it's just mashed down. Um, so Tokyo, let's start there. What interests you about Tokyo, Christian? Uh, I had to get out, by the way. I see, I can see now that I'm getting my second win, so I won't. Make well, because you hate the sound of my voice so much, no, you're just going to talk I, more. <laughs> I'm so jet lagged that as I came down here, I was like, Christ, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to talk. Maybe, maybe we'll do a weird flip and uh, jump in anytime you want. But I can see now that uh, it, it's putting too much on you. Just, no, you no, don't know where before you get into Tokyo, I have an important question. You listed all of those countries and cities. And it goes into a theory we've put out a lot on this podcast, on the radio show. Same, it's same it's all the same place, right? Especially Japanese and yeah. Chinese. Yeah. Uh, they're so same, they think they're different. <laughs> if, if that makes sense. But um, let's see. I landed in Tokyo to be greeted by the news. I was only going to spend three days in Tokyo at the Amon, which is the most beautiful freaking hotel on the planet. And uh, I get a call from my travel agency says the uh, the biggest typhoon in 60 years is coming. Oh, yeah. Two days from <laughs> that, now. That was when you went. I forgot. I said, what do you mean the biggest in 60 years? Uh, how often do they come? She said, well, they've had 18 this year. <sighs> so they ha it's not like a hurricane. They have yeah. a lot of typhoons. They're not half as panicked over there. They've got other 
Well, the guy, you know, anything that there's happens. There's always the specter of Mothra showing up yeah, at any time. Exactly. And, you know, you can misinterpret uh, a windstorm <laughs> for Rodan's wings, quite <laughs> frankly. So, really, they have to take a beat there and see if uh, what's causing the high winds. But um, aside, the split a day early. But in the day I was there, I rented a car and just hustled my ass around the, the city. I went to a place my son had turned me on to. He loves Japan. And uh, it was called the Tonki Restaurant, Christian. And it was the Japanese equivalent of cheeseburger, cheeseburger, cheeseburger. Oh. Coke. They only served Tonki, which is pork. Right. Uh, deep batter fried in these huge vats. <laughs> <laughs> and you go this in and great. you can get Tonki uh, hot or Tonki regular. Uh, and but all it is is they batter, dip it in tempura, put it in these huge vats, pull it out. Was there a side dish? I don't even know. It was just tonki, and and, and I had to get there at five o'clock to get in. It's so popular. Wow. And it was just so funny. There was one old man called the Warrior. I showed some. I'll get some pictures to you. Uh, I probably won't. Christ. I was even going to take notes on this thing, and then I thought. You ever get sick of like chronicling shit for the future instead of actually being in it? Uh, like yeah. selfies and <laughs> pictures. And I thought, why don't I just live this thing yeah. instead of taking notes down for a podcast? So I don't have all my memories. But uh, the one guy just stood between the two old vats. He was old. He looked like, uh, uh, who do you remind me of? He looked like the guy who sold Hoyt Axed and the Gremlins. <laughs> Yeah, that look. <laughs> Never feed them after midnight. Yeah, I think that might have been Joel Gray, uh, if I'm not mistaken, from Cabaret. Really, Joel Gray and Grim? I mean, I haven't seen Grim. I might so be long. hallucinating. Yeah, uh, but certainly it's it's uh, no less uh, believable than the, what was the Zach Galligan fronting a major motion picture. Yeah, that was. Uh... He was clearly, like, clearly Judge Reinhold wasn't available, I think. He ended up being good. Let's give yeah. him that. But uh, let's just say, uh, certainly one can believe Joel Gray is the old Mandarin who had all the rules and hoid acts in the country. And Joe Dante must have been, like, hallucinating when he cast the movie because it's all um, from such disparate places he pulled cast members. Anyway, it looked like that guy, and he just stood in between the two vets and worried. And then they take it out um, with these big, uh, the tonki, they take it out of the wok, the boiling water, or oil, I guess it is. Uh, I guess probably some where there's some pain in the ass movement to do it in water now so people can live longer. That's what you want to tell us, like this 800-year-old Mandarin, you want him to live longer. So, you know, <laughs> he can, like, go to the bathroom and not even realize it. So um, he would throw it into this canister, and this guy would just pick it up and cut it, and his hand was so mottled. And I don't mean, uh, you know, uh, Elmer McPherson. I mean sure. just like he had turned his hand into some sort of Marie Curie. <laughs> I've tested 85 butter bowls of radium modeling, and uh, he, he would uh, chop it up for you and just throw it in front of you. It was so funny, and it was so fucking delicious. That I, I, you know, you just couldn't believe it. But my son said that I would laugh, and I could see why he meant it. it was that's all they had there: counter space and tonkatsu. It's called, and it was called Cafe Tonki. So that's one of the things I remember from Japan. Then uh, I had to blow early because this typhoon's coming in, and indeed it killed. I, I, you don't get the news as well over there, even when you're in the ballpark. But I think it killed. Uh, I think I saw a report of a dozen people. So it was a shit kicker of a storm. Got out, went down, got to Shanghai a day early. And, uh, you know, all kidding aside, when we talk about Chinese and Japanese people being the same, well, indeed, people themselves are, but the forms of government, it yeah. is such a weird, I, I, I and, wouldn't and even Shanghai, say it. Shanghai is one of the most normal places I went because I, I spent two weeks in China and, and that was the one where I'm like, oh, this is the most comfortable. This is the most Western, even more than Hong Kong. But it was crazy. Yeah. Even they, they took me, Christian, to a, uh, a cricket fighting mall. Have you been to that thing? Mm, no, I wish I had gone. Christ, this old guy who looked older than the Tonki guy. <laughs> you know, this guy looked like an Oak Ridge boy, except, you know, he, he had somehow done some sort of uh, 
he had dreadlocked his uh, goatee and his pubic mound together and using it as a bow to fire ninja stars. Nah, that <laughs> part of it I'm making up. But uh, old, old cat yeah. hips us to this place where they sell crickets that fight. They're not allowed to fight. You've got to go underground. It's like <laughs> cockfighting. <laughs> you know, they don't want to, yeah. they gamble on anything, the Chinese, uh, including getting out of bed, quite frankly. <laughs> and uh, But these crickets... They, they, Christian, I can't. You're going to say to me, you're making this up. I go into this dirty, filthy mall, and it's all these guys and all these cages that look like Bob Stroud's jail block in uh, Alcatraz right. <laughs> with crickets in them. And they're up, pressed up against the, the little bars in the cells. <laughs> the crickets. And, and they have the little cops. That's right. <laughs> I'm I'm not shitting you. Oh, it was like, that. hey, screw my bird sick. You know, it's like <laughs> Telly Savalas. It's running its oh. pincer. And they've got the ugliest look on their face. They're bred to fight. And they're just trying to get their head out at you. Yeah. And imagine you're in a, um, this is China. This is a place we're worried about taking over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If we do, it's because we're asleep at the switch. Yeah. Because I'm sure there's a lot of bread floating around there. And I, I, I think I learned something interesting about why Chinese communism is in vogue with the people. But first off, to the crickets, they're, they're just trying to get out of the cage. Yeah. And the old guys then are, uh, it's like the uh, scouting combine for the draft. They're seeing what crickets <laughs> they want to buy. So they've got a couple uh, like pinned down on a barrel head and they've got jeweler's loops on and they're eyeing their muscles and stuff. Uh <laughs> I I, I, oh, I know I, you're I, thinking. No, I'm just trying to visualize it. <laughs> I'm I'm standing there going, what the, <laughs> what the fuck are you people doing? And then I realized that they're all so broke that this is like uh, uh, they're all Bob Baffert with thoroughbred racehorses, <laughs> insects. You know, they're yeah. treating it. It's just like uh, Pimlico Farms or something. Since nobody can afford anything there, this uh, the best crickets like Secretariat, and they're all looking for it. I'll just imagine being a cricket that gets put out to stud after your racing days are done. <laughs> well, that's I, a good. I think that's how Jiminy Cricket got started. Actually, <laughs> he won so many races, he got to get into the conscience business. Zipper is down now. <laughs> Zipper is down. My oh my, what a wonderful day. So I go there. I go out a little early because I just can't take it. Uh, they also. So you didn't this... do a superfecta trying to uh, no, pick the no, four. I was just okay. too, the noise was so deafening. Imagine you're in a uh, the spruce goose hangar and it's yeah. filled with crickets. And then they have this other thing in there where they collect walnuts. And if you find two walnuts that are exactly the same, they can sell for five hundred thousand dollars. American, my guide told me. What? Yeah, for two walnuts. Well, they look the same. Because they, they, so they're in there measuring walnuts. They're counterfeit walnuts made well, look like other sense. walnuts. It's the most sensible thing you've said so far. You know, <laughs> the because guys, walnut business and that, and then, lucrative. and then it's very key to make the walnuts a darker color. So they roll them in their hands and put skin resin on them, <laughs> so they darken. Sure. And it just reminded me of Bogey and Kane Mutiny. When oh, somebody yeah. stole the strawberries, everybody's right. walking around like that. <laughs> and I'm thinking, I am vacationing in Europe next time because this is just too freaky. Now You, you know got, who you should tell this story about the uh, cricket wagering to is our friend Norm MacDonald. I think he would uh, want I a did piece email, of that I did email oh, did? Norm. Okay. Uh, Norm sent me the... F <laughs> I emailed Norm from the Himalayas. Can, can I read this back? Oh, you? please do. Oh, here it is. All right. So I just saw the length of Norm's yeah, response. Here, here's in the, here's the, uh, I send Norm something. Hey, Norm, I'm in the Himalayas. Then I talked about something we've been talking about. And I said, is this your birthday? I thought I heard. I said, and if indeed this is the sun cycle you hatched, happy birthday. And once again, I'm in Bhutan in the Himalayas when I send this. And Norm writes back, have fun on the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> on the mountain. <laughs> Magic. Have fun on the mountain. Enjoy the house of God and take a selfie with you and the frozen carcass of a leopard. 
and then you will post it, and people will like it, or perhaps dislike it. But either way, you will drink some wine, and it will be fine to the taste, and you will fight for the honor of a whore. <laughs> and in your dreams, the leopard will be alive, and he'll be fine and good, and you will awake and see the carcass and no longer feel pity for the leopard, but envy, for you will know that the leopard died very near the summit. And you will wonder if it died after crossing the summit or having never stepped upon it. And this will make you laugh and you will drink more wine and punch your Sherpa guide in the stomach. <laughs> I get that from so, Norm in the middle of the night. I'm just so, I was, so as much as I love that, when you first started reading it, I thought it was the frozen carcass of a leper. Oh. <laughs> so I saw a very different uh, turn of events, but still very funny. I, I, folks, I said, Norm, I'm in the Himalayas. That came back within three minutes. <laughs> That's not Norm pining no. over this. That's Norm uh, just uh, free free wrapping. Yeah, during a commercial break on the, oh, you know, the, uh, the Miami Heat game. So uh, China, my theory on China is this. Those kids in uh, Hong Kong are super brave because they nobody's got their back. Nobody. I agree with nobody. that. Nobody. Yeah. Because, yeah. man... China must have been the most amazing, brutal shithole in the world. And I was talking to my young guide, who was the sweetest girl. She was talking about her father, who led, you just can't imagine the lives they lead. And under communism, uh, he uh, has been able to, uh, you know, they've got some health care. They've mm -hmm. got some schooling. Uh, he gets some pension. You can almost see where a strong man can take you, a figurative strong man, Chinese yeah. communism here, and get you up to a certain level. And then sprouting out of that are these kids in Hong Kong who want the next thing, like yeah. the innate urge for freedom. But nobody's got their back, man. And it really made me you know, sad for them uh, and proud of them and just saying, I guess kids, some young people get to the point, but... Uh, I was talking to very nice people out in the field who did not understand them. And the headline said, uh, gee, we will crush these morons in essence, yeah. you know? And I just thought, wow, they're on their own. It's not like all of China's sitting there thinking, thank God for these kids. They're wondering what the fuck are they doing? Yeah. So that broke your heart. So China's odd. So I get out of uh, Shanghai and everything's everything you can tell there's a... You know, we always whine about glass ceilings here and all that shit. There is a ceiling there. You're only going to get up so high, but it's so much better than it used to be that uh, they're willing to make that concession. But huge, uh, and you sent, did you see any of those pictures I sent of Shanghai at night when it turns into Blade Runner? Uh, yeah, I think uh, those were on Instagram. I'm pretty Holy sure I saw some of those. Yeah. Christian, you just can't believe it. I went into town and I went up onto the roof of the Peninsula Hotel, I guess it was. And uh, I threw some local drink. I was a little loaded. It wasn't, just, you know, it wasn't a, a Gimlet or a Cosby, I guess is what they call it now over there. But uh, <laughs> I was a little loaded and I'm up on this rooftop. And then when the light show goes on, it's just unbelievable. It looks so much like Blade Runner. Yeah, and that is the uh, video that you sent. Uh, that's on at Dennis Miller on Instagram if people want to see it. And yeah, I, Shanghai was one of the cities I went to. And, uh, and did that exist that. then? Yeah, yeah, it was just like that. Isn't and, that trippy? By the way, speaking of Blade Runner, uh, that film is set in November 2019. And here we are now. Oh, it's November right. 2019. I yeah. did read that article. And uh, what did they get right? Uh, uh, Oliver Howard died. <laughs> <laughs> But so I, I guess somebody guessed, well, this actor who's playing the replicant yeah. will die in 2019. Yeah. Best known for Hobo with a Gun. Yeah, uh, best known for that speech. No. Tan Gate. Unbelievable. Okay, so now I'm, I'm, I moved to another place in China in the southern mountain breeze region. It's like Aspen. It's called Lijiang. It's old school. It was a beautiful... Uh, like uh, Riverwalk, much more sm smaller than San Antonio, but the whole town's built around this old river and just uh, crazy beautiful. You're at altitude for the first time there, so you're hiking up to you know the uh, hotel and you're getting a little gassed. And once again, you realize the people are happy, but um, 
something hangs over the whole place. That's all I can tell you. It's a odd thing. I don't want to get too mystical about it. I was in China for five days, so right. what do I know? But uh, I was. I, I do know that when it was time to leave China, I was thinking I'll never be back in China again. I'm not going to Beijing. I guess you know I don't want to see that. Uh, yeah, I felt you know happy for the people, but uh, that they weren't in the duress that they were. But I went to some of the marketplaces, and Christ, it's like uh, you know, Leno said, "Everybody over there's eating all the shit we throw out." <laughs> Remember Jay? Yeah, yeah. Wait, 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 fucking pancreatic tie-tie. Give me a piece of pizza. <laughs> uh, when I went, it was about five years ago, and I was with uh, my in-laws, my wife's parents, and uh, they had been, I don't know, like 30 years earlier. And it's so different from then. Like in the 80s, you would go to like the town square and you'd be buying like monkeys in cages. And, you know, it was like, you know, horse meat was like the delicacy. And then when you you would ask the tour guides about stuff like that, it was as though like, oh, no, no, no nothing like that. No, 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 we don't eat horse meat. You yeah. know, it was like, it was as though like, I, I don't know where you got this information well, from. Well, that's what made yeah. them so sympathetic to yeah. me. I thought, boy, I don't think they know what they're missing, but they're not, they're, they're infinitely yeah. better shaped than it's, they it's, were. It's like Disneyland. Like, oh, didn't somebody fall off of this ride in 1970? Yeah. No, no, no. Nothing like that. Yeah. No, <laughs> nothing to see here. Yeah. That's a very astute observation, Christian. But it, that made me melancholy for them because I find them very sympathetic characters. So I was glad to get out of China. But, but you did eat at the Yoshinoya beef bowl when you were there, I hope. I did see one. <laughs> did you really? Yes, oh I my did. God. I'm not shitting I you. mean, I ate at the 7-Eleven when I was there, but... <laughs> well, the 7-Elevens are yeah, it's, loaded for bear yeah. over there, man. It's, it's not like here. No, yeah. it's like Tiffany. You know, it all comes in a blue box. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I get out of China and... I fly to Bhutan. No, I've been to Bhutan again, folks. Think Lost Horizons. And I am telling you, as crazy as I remember the plane ride in there being last time, I was on a plane with 12 people this time, uh, a nice-sized jet. I, I think the jet ordinarily would have been for around 100 people, but it was uh, broken off into areas. But it was comfortable, smaller than a regular jet. And it is the craziest flight that <laughs> I I don't even remember it being this crazy. Right. You come down out of the clouds, and then the guy shuts the door, the pilot. The whole thing's very loose up to that point. Not loose, stupid, but just convivial if you want to come in and look. And uh, he shuts the door. He has to concentrate because it's completely optical. Uh, there, there are no instrument landings because there's no tower there. So you have to use visual cues. And... You, you look down and you see that the, there's a valley you're about to fly into. Right. It looks like a lost horizon valley. Sure. And you think, okay, I guess they have to cut through that and then bend a little to the right and there will be the airstrip. I, I'm not exaggerating when I tell you, you bend and there's another valley that's lower and tighter. <laughs> you have to bend again and bend a fourth time. I'm talking about a big plane. It's like... Like you're in a small plane trying to come in. It's, you know, you're tilted over the, so low to the ground in the mountain. To, and then you come in. I can see why you, you can watch it on YouTube. I think somebody ran a camera from a cockpit. It's called the most dangerous landing in the world. And indeed, it was. Yeah, I thought I was going to die when I flew into Tahoe. You know, this. <laughs> yeah, well, it's like. <laughs> it's like four Tahoe. It's, uh, it's hard to explain without making it sound uh, like you're making it up. But I think. Uh, that there's a YouTube. It's Paro Airport, uh, or P-A-R-O. And when you get on the ground, Christ, you've never been happier. So um, <laughs> what do I do in Bhutan? I've been there before, so I kind of knew the drill. I didn't walk up to the tiger's nest this time because it's at 10,400 feet. The people who went were gassed. I just remember when I did it, and it turns out it was 13 years ago I did it. I can't tell you how quick life goes. Wow. I, I kind of, I mean, I, that's how long I've known you because I remember after you came back from that trip, you talked about I it on the radio show, I think. Yeah. I, my wife actually looked it up and I just looked at it. It's this white thing, uh, building stuck in a rock face so far up. And you just look up, you got kids. How do did that. I get up there? Yeah, that's what I remember <laughs> yeah, thinking. I mean, how did I way. get up there? But uh, so I passed on that, but I took a walk through the rice paddies, a six mile walk. And not, nothing shows you life in a place like that, like going through the rice paddies. And you feel ashamed at how happy the people are who, you know, you walk through it. Sure. And, you know, uh, 
it's just such a anybody who whines over it, tell them to shut the fuck up. I mean about anything. <laughs> I'm I'm not kidding you. Jeez, it is embarrassing what we whine about over here. And, I don't know, Dennis. I was at a hotel over the weekend and the Wi-Fi didn't work. So, you know, <laughs> it, was, it was very upsetting. It, it's that's sort of craziness. You know, I watched a guy, I was he was threshing rice uh, and he had to use a foot pedal thing, and I, I was just fascinated by the vista. I felt like I was out in, it was like the, uh, the cover of uh, Zoso by Zeppelin or something. <laughs> right. I remember that, that guy yeah, carried yeah. some with that guy sticks, just watching yeah. him and his legs just moving nonstop for, I assume, would, what would be a 10 or 12-hour day. I watched it for about a half an hour and just sat there and looked around. And, you know, took it all in. It was a nice vista. And every time I'd look back, he'd still be pumping this with his right leg, threshing this stuff. And I just thought, it's this whole life. It's this whole. And every time I looked at him, he would just smile. Ah, yeah. <laughs> and I just thought, wow. So um, we walked through the town. And then I went to a town called Tiempu, which last time I was there, there was nothing there 13 years ago. And now. You can see somebody's getting greased because the development's crazy. You know, like their buildings going up. How long was the wait at the Starbucks? <laughs> it was. It was kind of like that. Oh, I know what I remember in uh, in uh, China. I went to the place where the Chinese Communist Party was born. Oh, okay. They take you down the street, and there's a building there, and wow. and a block up from it is a Shake Shack. <laughs> I can't. I, I laugh so hard. Uh, said, of course there is. I said it when I go home to tell Christian a story. There's a Shake Shack a block away. Oh, beautiful. Oh, it was so funny. So, this is where the Chinese Communist Party was born, and I, I know folks, the end of the world. But he did the kind of talk like that. Yeah, and. Uh, you know, it wasn't proper. It wasn't. He didn't sound like me. He yeah, he sounded Shanghai. like somebody from yeah. Shanghai. Would sound and uh, and he's, that's what's born. I walk up the street, and on the right, there's a Shake Shack. Oh, I started laughing so hard. Love that. Because <laughs> eventually, that first building where all that shit will be brought down by Shake Shack. <laughs> yeah, I think you're in, right. In some simple, <laughs> basic way, that's what'll uh, do it in. Yeah. The goodness of the shack. <laughs> so uh, went to Tiempu, the town's uh, built, went down, walked through the rice fields in Bhutan. See, this is where I should have wrote down stories. But don't you ever get sick of chronicling everything? Or I do. Uh, no, I'm usually having a terrible well, you get time. I'm having right a terrible now. time in the moment. So it, it gives me some way to focus. And, Plus you got your babies. I understand yeah. that. But I, I just thought. I just kind of want to walk through this and uh, yeah. not 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 be able to recant all these stories to people later, but to just to be sure. immersed in it. Uh, so Bhutan's a very lovely place. The flight out of there is just as dangerous, crazy, which I, I don't remember at all. I thought the flight out was just like pointed high. And, you know, what's that old uh, um, song by um, Floyd? Uh, set the controls, and I don't mean the barber on Andy Griffith. I oh, that's mean, who I thought you meant. Uh, set the controls and steer for the center of the sun. That's the that's the flight I remember from 13 years ago as we just went straight up out of this mountain range, but something, they've changed that flight path too where you got to veer and veer. And that takes around 15 minutes before you feel safe. And then the guy says, in 30 minutes, we will be, Everest will be to, below us to the right. And this completely covered. Cloud cover at 35,000 feet. Wow. So I was hoping that cloud cover was going to be at 28,000 feet, and you'd right. just see, see the, tip. the tip. That would have been great. But nothing. So I know Everest, so can't complain because of uh, other things that you did, you don't see a lot. I, I did get to see. I got lucky on them. Although, can I tell you, I flew back on Air Emirates from Dubai. Okay. First class. Have you ever heard of Air Emirates? Yeah. It's the craziest thing. You can't believe you're on a plane. You know, like they'll come around. You can order food whenever you want. It's got the biggest, best screen with the biggest selection of movies. You're in your own little pod. You hit a button that shuts it off with a rattan door. And then the woman sends you a message. Um, can I put you down for a shower? They have showers. On they have showers. You can go up and shower. Uh. And I thought, uh, I just you know, texted back, penis not big enough for public shower. <laughs> And so they brought me more caviar. I couldn't get a I couldn't get a shower together on an airplane. Not on an airplane. I, I, something about it. I don't know. This. It's like people who shave on an airplane. I'm like, I, I, you know, what are you looking for there? You know, 
just waiting for trouble. But uh, Air Emirates, and I hear it's not even the best airline, because I said it to some, there was an Arab lady next to me. I said, this has to be the greatest airline on the planet Earth. And she looked at me like I was on JetBlue or something and said, <laughs> Etihad. I said, what? And she says, Etihad. So I guess there's an airline called Etihad, or she was telling me to shut the fuck up in some tongue. Hey, JetBlue does give you those blue potato chips, though. Do they now? Well, they did a while ago. I don't know if they still do. Well, that's kind of cute. Yeah, I like that. You ever wondered why so many Americans are sick, unhealthy, and overweight? Between the food supply, the blue potato chips, and a sedentary lifestyle, Americans are in worse shape than ever. That's why the team of on-staff physicians at Brick House Nutrition created Field of Greens. Field of Greens is an easy way for you to add fruits and veggies to your daily routine without spending hours in the produce section, hiring a home chef, or taking cheap supplements. Field of Greens is made with real USDA organic fruits and vegetables. It also helps boost your immunity using antioxidants and assists digestive health with prebiotics and probiotics. It's like having a doctor and a nutritionist in your kitchen. One scoop delivers a full serving of fruits and vegetables. Just drop in a cup of water, stir, and you're done. And it's great for smoothies. Bottom line, this is real food, not extracts. You'll look and feel better. Go to BrickhouseMiller.com and get 15% off with your order. Just for trying it out with the promo code MILLER. That's BrickhouseMiller.com, promo code. Miller. Where do I go from Bhutan? India. You ever been to India? No. Don't go. Yeah. I have a I have a friend who used to work for the government in the commerce department, so he'd have to go to like he'd fly all around Asia, but like the most like, you know, four or five like days from the airport, like remote factories and stuff. And he's India was the one place he's like, Don't go unless Don't you have go, to go, man. Yeah. I could not believe it. And when I was landing, um, I was with this really cold, cool uh, older cat, and his son wrote Deadpool. Uh, the, the movie, yeah. Oh wow! His uh, so he was all and Zombie Land. So he he was the sweetest guy. That's cool. Dave was his name, and uh, he's been to India. And as we were going in, he said, "You never been to India?" I said, "No," and he just said, "Well, get ready." He's there, <laughs> and you're not going to see the worst of it because we're not going to Delhi. We went to Jaipur. Now, this was so funny. We had a tour guide with us who stayed with us on the flights, and she said, I'll be leaving you in India, and you'll be meeting my number two. My number two is taking over. She'll meet you when you land in India. And uh, I am not shitting you, Christian. I get off the plane in India and walk out into the hallway, carpeted hallway of the Jaipur, because this is a big pile of shit. Yeah, well, she's the number two. Well, that's what I was saying. Oh, I said, uh, how bizarre is it that she kept using me? I find the phrase so weird. You'll be yeah. meeting my number two. And that, there was another guy from Pittsburgh. It was so funny. I called him Big Man. His name was Doug. At, uh, when we got to the luggage car, so I said, Doug, did you, can you believe she said we'd meet number two? And uh, uh, that big steaming pile of shit was there. And I must have been from, I was thinking, one of the K9 security dogs. Oh, no. It's or could it a bit of humans? Yeah, I mean that's that's what my friend I mentioned. It's like it's just people shitting in the middle of the yeah. street all the time, and yeah. So uh, I get to Karis. I go, "Can you believe that pile of shit?" Right as soon as we got off the plane, he's like, um, "Put it this way, that only appeared there after I walked past that area." <laughs> and I said, "Pittsburgh." <laughs> it was such a Pittsburgh guy. I love joke. that. So uh, we pick our bags up. We go into Jaipur. I'm t- I'm never saying I I was overwhelmed, and Jaipur is not the worst of it. But man, the traffic, the filth, the screaming, the uh... what time each night do they do the uh, choreographed dance in the train yard? Like from <laughs> Slumdog Millionaire. I'm sure there's that part of it because <laughs> there was. You'd you'd run through joyous. Uh, segments of it but anybody's been to india i don't have to tell you man i had never seen it before and i was devastated uh i just shook my head stuck in um traffic for a couple hours and just the beggars who would come up really like i think i I had to leave slumdog because i found it too saddening but sure uh i i do think they damaged kids there Oh, so that they can be better so beggars. Yeah, I mean, that's certainly in that film. So I, I don't well, doubt that it's not. Yeah, I would assume that's based, in fact. Yeah. Well, you're sitting in your car and people are coming up to the windows 
awkward, disfigured. Yeah. No limbs. Just, you know, a guy with two arms and no legs dragging himself up to the car, but yeah. uh, his legs are not covered in anything. They're torn. And, you know, uh, he's up on the window, and you're just thinking, I, well, as I talk about it, I have nothing, uh, no observations. I just was blotto till we got out of town. It was blotto for the next day, but at least, you know, you weren't looking at it. Did you and get then I back? felt like, why should, uh, um, is, am, am I that shallow that just by not looking at it, I can get it out of yeah. my head? But you find, I guess, I, what do you do? Think about it for the rest of your life? I think that's one of the things that keeps India down. I just don't. I don't know that you can let that in without getting yeah. fucked up. So around an hour later, I came upon a place called Amberfort. Where you, oh, you haven't been there? It's this huge fortress that looks like it's so crazy big. It's like their Great Wall of China or something, right. where they used to hold people off, and it's got a moat. It looks like around twelve Parthenons strung together. It's so big and amber. And I'm standing in a parking lot looking up, and I think. These civilizations must have been great at one point. How do you pull that together? And my man walks up to me, throws down a dim sum steamer, oh. pulls out an Ian Anderson flute. Okay, sure. Cobra. Pops it set up. <laughs> I'm not shitting right next to me. I, 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 you know, I said, I'll give you a buck to stop playing and yeah. put the Cobra back here. But it's literally... Da-da-da. And the cobra's so phoning it in. You can oh, tell yeah. the guy's not sitting cross-legged on the floor 25 or 6 to 4. No. He's just standing there <laughs> playing. Burp, burp, burp. No. If, and the if, cobra pops up. If you want the cobra to actually do something, you have to get him to play locomotive breath. <laughs> uh, going back to Jaipur. the all-time <laughs> winner. Did you get me the pin from the hard rock that I asked you to pick up for me? Because uh, that's really what I've been waiting to hear about. I was about. afraid it would prick me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It was. So I get out. Now, here's the weird trippy part. I, I stay that was a, just a couple of days uh, in a year? I stay in, in the Almond, and it's three hours outside Jaipur. I pull down this road that's just a complete piece of. There's no road there. No. <laughs> I make a right into the woods. I don't know how the almond resorts pull this off. It's the most beautiful place you've ever seen on earth. Wow. And I don't mean big, goofy, ostentatious like Huntington Beach. I mean, it. <laughs> you, you know, I mean, like, uh, it's got a, it, it's an oasis. And it's got a guard shack. And this is where they say, do you want to go out and tour locally? And I said, no. I said, you either come here and do, you know, to myself, I'm thinking, okay, I figured India out now. You come here and do God's work, and God knows I met some missionaries, and there are people out there who are just better people than me. I can't speak for you, but the guy just said, I saw this heartache, and I came here to help. Or you go on a high-end trip like I did and stay on the grounds and eat. Yeah, because, that's what I but, would do. But mixing the two things, they said, we're taking a tour at, at sunset to go through a town. I said, I can't, you know, that sounds like a bad mix to me. Indeed, yeah. a very nice guy came back, one of the guys I was with, and uh, was wrecked. He, he was wrecked. He said he felt so fucking guilty, and he was loaded. Yeah. Uh, and not loaded, he was loaded because he was a tech wizard. And uh, he just, he made a mistake. He went out and... You know, he said, I'm going home right in the biggest... I, I believed all that. He had the best heart. Oh, sure, yeah. But you can't go out on, when you're on a trip like that, staying at that resort and drive two miles through what must have been just like post-Hiroshima. And I mean, the filth. Oh. So anyway, heartbreaking. Jump in a car, take a three-hour drive or four-hour drive, actually get to the junction where Agra is to the left... You know, like Ray Bolger pointing, going, that's the Taj Mahal, three hours that way. But then I would have to go three hours out of the way to get to the next joint I was going to, which was a tiger camp in Rothenbor. Oh, wow. And I wouldn't have got in until late at night. And the roads are so crazy there that you don't, you don't want to be on the roads. At night. I, the driving is a video game. I'm telling you, it's Tron. I was Jeff Bridges <laughs> and Tron. Just things just whipping at you. Yeah. 
the whole both sides of the road are blurred. Like everybody's on one side until a car comes, then they slide over to their side. And then uh, it's the craziest driving you've ever seen. You feel like you're going to die the whole time. And I think I don't want to be on there at night. So pass. I still have not seen the Taj Mahal. And I can honestly say I won't see it. No, if you do I, I can't time. go back to yeah. uh, India again. I think I'm glad I, have... I went to India and China and you yeah. learned something. But I also feel like uh, it would be a bit of a voyeuristic uh, grotesquerie on my part to go back now. Uh, it broke my heart, those two places. Uh, but especially India, it breaks your heart. I'm pretty sure they have a Taj Mahal at Epcot Center. Well, so if you really want to see it, see that yeah, that'll be fine. Uh, but uh, I went to this tiger camp. Now, this was a cool part. I go out on a tiger safari the day after I get there. And, uh, you know, I can tell the guys phoning it in. <laughs> And a guy who I had met on another part of the trip said, we just came from there. And he said, I think there's 70 tigers in like 1,700 hectares. You know, they didn't even use fucking regular measurements yeah. over there. So I said, well, what's that? Is, is there a hectare less than a meter? And he said, no, no you're not going to see a tiger is what I'm telling you. So <laughs> I go, I get in this thing. We're driving around in this primordial Indian forest. It's so dark. It's the middle of the day. The sun's blasting. You can't see in front of you. It's so wow. dark. And uh, all of a sudden, my man, who's completely somnambulant, the guide, you know, these, these are Farsi tree. These are Kukaluta tree. All of a sudden, somebody comes on the walkie, and he looks back. His eyes are just popped out of his head like a Spike Jones card. We got Tiger. <laughs> so we take off like a bat out of hell flying around this preserve come around this bend and there's a time i just this is what i mean about everest you can't get that pissed off because i caught this just a tiger laying in the middle of the road like it's doing a pet of the year shoot with Guccione, you know spreading and you know, laying there for an hour and it made me it made me laugh i, I was right there there was one car above it on the road. They came in from that direction, and our car below. Behind us was like miles of cars, but nobody's going to get in there. You know, it's two two cars are in essence going to see it, and we're each around fifteen feet, twenty feet away from it. And the tiger's just laying there in the middle of the road, and like looking up at you once while doing its extendo jaw, like the uh, alien where its jaw pops twice and goes ah, ah and you know opens up. Take him. I'm, I'm thinking this is like where I'm going to pose off here with this thing. I caught the Zoolander tiger, and um, this made me laugh. After around an hour, I wanted to blow. Oh yeah, but once you've seen it, it it's just so funny that yeah. everything goes from my God, look at that tiger! Yeah. You can't believe how beautiful it is. To a half hour later, going, wow, that's so it must be sleeping. Yeah. To uh, can we get the fuck out of here yeah. and go watch? So 30 for 30 on the Tiger Great LK line that I want to go back. <laughs> By the way, I didn't turn a TV on in 30 days. Really? Can you believe that for me? Uh, I, I find it hard to believe. It was I... the longest I've gone in my adult life without flipping on a television. Now, I must admit I had two films with me that I watched on my iPad in okay. snippets uh, that I bought, Journey to the Center of the Earth, which sure. I always take on the road with me. Something about James Mason and Pat Boone is comforting to me, and uh, The War of the Worlds with Gene Barry. Oh, sure. All so right. I watched those, but not every day. You know, I'd watch 10 minutes here and there as I dozed off at night. See the tiger, go back. That's Rantham Boar. Next day, four-hour drive back to Jaipur to get on the plane. And uh, I, I must admit, when I got there, I was glad to get out. I mean, it was sure, just, yeah, uh, I and I just remember looking down, thinking, bye-bye, India. And everybody had the... Uh, a couple people had their heads around it. Um, the two of the more spiritual people were talking about how they go and they make donations and they pray and boom. And, but I just found it uh, absolutely uh, heartbreaking. I, I wish them well, but at least, you know, it made me understand China more. If there's somebody who can get you out of that state that India sure, was yeah. up to a certain point where it's better but you're still only maxed out at 25%, you're better off being up at that 25 and then having the next revolution that takes you up higher because India's just stuck, man, and uh, grimmed out. 
something's going to happen. Well, nothing will happen there, I think. Well, in India, I think, yeah, I mean, they would have to know what the alternative is. And, you know, I don't know. I mean, I think that you have a, an upper tier of people who are like, well, we're doing all right. So, you know. Yeah, that's one thing you find. There's always somebody who's, those uh, Rajas were so rich. It's grotesque. I, you know, I, you know, you'd go by castles that were still beautiful, and they'd uh, the guy would say, if it has the red flag on top, it belongs to the royal family. And you're looking around, thinking, well, why doesn't the royal? It's the same vibe, though. I have to admit that I had when I went to the Vatican. Yeah, I thought that too. Yeah. I remember thinking, what, what, what are you doing? You what are, sell yeah. this all? Work, work out of a sell the one statue. And donate, you know, that six-figure sum to some charity. At the, the same Vatican. thing, yeah. Christian. If the something about the human condition always wants somebody at the top, yeah. I guess until there's a French Revolution, but even then they take over. You know, what yeah. I mean, it's uh, the takeover. People take over for the Rajas to have. You know, and they, this is one of the Raja or whatever the fuck they're calling. I was so pissed at them in theory that I didn't even clock their name, Maharishis or whatever. Sure. I I, uh, I thought, this is one of their castles? Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm in a town where, quite frankly, people for, you know, headgear wearing Clorox bottles cut in half to keep out of the sun, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I'm not even kidding. No, I'm... Just like, Christ. So anyway, then I get to the piece de resistance in a place I highly encourage. Uh, Sri Lanka is just an unbelievably beautiful country. They they run it better. I can't even tell you how. Uh, there's poverty there. I'm not trying to make it out like everybody, you know, like it's Levittown on the island or anything. <laughs> but it's infinitely better than India, oh and God. it's so lush. Uh, and green, and uh, the Indian Ocean, such a mindfuck, how powerful it is. You know, oceans are always obviously powerful, but something They're about They're all so this, wet, by the way. This Just was primal, China. though, yeah. Christian. The, something, maybe I'm never having, man, maybe I've seen the Indian Ocean but I, uh, when I was in Africa, but uh, it was just hitting the shore so powerfully. And uh, I stayed my first, uh, first off, you land in Colombo, and at night, and you get on a highway, and the highway's as nice as the highway from L.A. Christian and Lindsay were nice enough to come up today. There was an equipment problem. They drove up. It's as nice as that. Yeah. The highway's beautiful. Takes you all the way down to a place called Gaul, which is a city way down south. When you look at the map of Colombo, is that the glass eye there? Is that the city you stayed in? Um <laughs> No, but they always do refer to it as a teardrop or something. So I was thinking, <laughs> honest to God, I was thinking maybe that's part of the teardrop theory because it's shaped sort of like yeah. a teardrop. But uh, no, the glass, C-O-L-O. -O. Oh, I see. Um, I didn't yeah. read the word balloon yeah, over you your go. head. That's uh, my fault. <laughs> Glad to see you got funnier wives. I've had a whole month to learn how to be funny. <laughs> Wednesday's show is going to be terrible, but uh, this one's going to be all right. This one's loaded. <laughs> Um, I'm not making much sense. I even Christian's stopped myself from making a shitty Tiger Woods joke when you were talking about Tiger Camp. I was going to ask you how his swing was, and I was like, ah, let's just move on. That wasn't that good. So uh, when you go to Gaul, there's a, uh, a place called Gaul Fort where you drive through a fort, and it's the outer rim of Sri Lanka. It's this little pie piece down there called Gaul Fort, and it's just the coolest little town. And you can walk around during the day. I stayed in an old, old, like, Raj hotel, and my man was making me martinis that were so good, sitting there under a fan, just pretending I'm <laughs> Arthur C. Clarke, you know, getting loaded. Yeah. And after uh, India, it just felt, there I was going pretty sparse, just trying to stay humble, and, you know, I wasn't going to big time it. Uh, I wasn't even drinking, you know, but the uh, golf fort, I said, I need a cocktail. So yeah. I'm sitting there under the ceiling fan and then spent a couple of days there. That was beautiful. And then drove over a place called Tangal and on the way drove past Paul Bowles's Island home. Uh, they must have tripped their fucking brains out, the sheltering sky crowd out on this fucking <laughs> island because the, the tide was in that day and you couldn't walk out, but there were ropes out to it. You could see when it's low tide, you just pull yourself out to yeah. it because it's only like, I 
it seems like a hundred feet offshore, but it's its own little self-contained island. And I just looked at it. And I said that must have been the Playboy Mansion before <laughs> Hef was ever born. Right, just the freak zone. And uh, went over and stayed at a beautiful hotel uh, a little more on the south east side of the island, and then um, rented a seaplane. This is where it gets good. And uh, took off from a lagoon in Tangao and flew to something called the Ceylon Tea Trails, which is in the middle of the country. The most beautiful place you've ever seen, Chris. It's where they grow all the tea. It's so lush. And so you, you land on a reservoir there, so you, you're in the Amun Ray Reservoir. So you take off from a little lagoon and land there. It would have been a seven-hour car ride. It took me half an hour. It was oh, wow. the best money I ever spent in my oh, life. Yeah, the seaplane guy brings in, and he's like former Pakistan. <laughs> you know, he's like uh, a, a stone killer flyer. It was the softest touchdown ever on water as opposed to a hard tarmac. Go up, stayed in this uh, beautiful house up in the tea trails, and then one day we had an afternoon free, and this is where I made the Mecca thing. The whole way, that the whole on the whole trip, I was reading my David Lean book. Right, right. And I, and I looked up where Bridge on the River Kwai was shot. It was two hours from the T-Trails on tough roads. But I thought, uh, when am I ever going to yeah, be but, near the Bridge on the River Kwai, which is It's funny because that two hours, to me, sounds so much more appealing than the three hours it would have taken to go to the Taj Mahal. Like, yeah. I would much rather see where they film Bridge on the River Kwai. Well, the, 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 the guide comes to me that night, and he said, do you want, you want to go to... Get the koala, and I said, "Yeah." And I said, "It probably doesn't make much sense." He said, "If you're talking about the movie, there's nothing there." Oh. And I said, "Nothing." And he said, "There's, I believe, rumors of some girders from the bridge." He said, <laughs> "But I can't verify those." Sure. For you. And I said, "Well, I still want to see this place." Yeah, I said, sure. I got to go. Carolyn says she doesn't want to go. So I get in the car with this guy, and we uh, drive two hours through crazy towns. Uh, not not heartbreaking towns, but just like <laughs> cacophonous, crazy traffic, and the rainstorms had broken out. And it was it went rains there all the time, and there was so many beautiful colored umbrellas. I remember thinking, I wish I was a photographer because to see all these school children simultaneously pop these umbrellas and, oh, and, yeah. and it explodes into Munchkin Land right in front <laughs> of you. But I, you know, I'm over there, can't even get the camera together. Until I got to the, so we get to this place and uh, we pull up and there's a new bridge there that people cross. It's a working road and it's an area now where people raft, but they pay no, it means nothing to them that the bridge on the river Kwai was shot there. Oh yeah, that makes sense. There's no signs, <laughs> there's no nothing, but as I come across the new bridge, I look up and I can kind of see it. I've seen the movie so sure, many times. And we get a local, my guy talks uh, Sri Lankan to him, and then he's a, he said, and I could see it in my mind's eye as soon as he, I, I could see where it came out of the jungle and went across, and uh, he said, but there's nothing left. He said, there's an industrial plant around a mile up the road. He believes he's heard that there's something there. So we walk, it's like a sweat box. And I'm, in my head, I'm literally uh, hearing Colonel Bogey's, I'm thinking, just go, it's fun. There's no paths down to the river where you would see any of the, uh, you know, the action. But uh, finally, we get up to this plant, we enter, and there it is on the left. I took a picture of it. It's up on Instagram. It's a girder from the bridge. It's all rusted out. And uh, you can see the train track attached to it. Now, the wood, the bridge proper is wood in the movie, but the girding. Oh, yeah, I see it here on your Instagram. That's the yeah. that's the last piece of metal left from the bridge oh, on the River great. Kwai. <laughs> and then when I go back, I find an opening where I can look down and I can see right across the river. I don't know if you remember the end of the film, folks, but it's one of the most thrilling endings ever because Bill Holden comes back. He's such a movie star. And uh, Nicholson is played by Alec Guinness, who didn't even want to play the part, and Lean talks him into it, wins the Oscar for it, becomes immortal, finds out that they wired the bridge. He's gone mad in the heat and the discipline, and he doesn't want the bridge destroyed, even though the bridge is being used by his enemies. Yeah. So they send somebody back in to blow the bridge, and 
Uh, they send this young kid with Bill Holden, and he's across the way. And I could see the sandbar that he was on with the plunger. And oh, I could cool. see across the river right where Holden's in the thicket. And Holden gets up. You remember, he goes, kill him, stick him, <laughs> stick him. And uh, starts running across the river. Boo, 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 boo. He gets ratatatted. <laughs> and uh, then I, I was looking right down on the sandbar where uh alec guinness says oh my god what have i done and he falls over and with his yeah. last uh they kind of leave it a little nebulous indeed in the book i was reading while i was there they said they couldn't decide whether it was inadvertent that he falls i think at the end they made it a noble gesture where he realized how crazy it gone and then they pull up from that and you hear the whistling and the doctor goes madness madness and that's how it ends but um i spent around a half an hour just looking at it and playing it all out in my head and uh, out of all the things I did, and my wife, you know, being uh, the high point, obviously, my wife and I had so many laughs and good meals and good times together. But for me, on a nerd basis, to oh, be yeah. there and to know how hard it was to get there, and that 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 piece of rusty metal I put there, that's not going to be there forever. It was just the thrill. Uh, I I was getting choked up. I know that sounds weird, but uh, movies mean so much to me, old movies. Yeah. And to finally trek all the way out there, I thought, fuck, I can't believe I'm here. So I uh, went back, uh, split there, go to Colombo. Like I said, Colombo's a, well, yeah, you know, and the gumbo's up the road from Colombo, and they had all the terrorism up there, so you're a little worried there. And there's the heavy vibe, you know, where they all start to, oh, the prayers at night, yeah. you know. So a little nerve-wracking there. Blow out. Five-hour flight to whatever, um, Dubai, 16-hour flight to LA, two-hour drive home. That's my story. There was a lot more details to it. Maybe they'll come back to me, but that's my short-term blast through it. But it's nice to be home, and my overall takeaway is uh, <laughs> hit your knees and be in tears that you live here. Yeah. Because some, you know, there are so many. Look, I was in two countries back-to-back -back that have around 2.6 billion people on them. I'm not saying everybody's a heartbreak, and I, indeed, I'm looking at it through a pair of eyes. And a lot of you know people are happy, but boy, did you hit the mother load? Did we all hit the mother load getting plunked down here? Because uh, there are places you get plunked down with a bad accent or a bad caste system you're in or a bad government, and you're just screwed. So this this whole thing about uh, you know, every fucking whiny cause we have over here, like the paper straws and stuff, we're nuts. Well, uh, what I wanted to know, what was the, uh, whenever it was, if it was that night or when you got back, what's the, the first, whether you got it or not, what was the, what'd you have a hankering for? Like, I want to eat this now that I'm back in the United States or do you? I actually wanted a Big Mac. Yeah. Cause I don't think they salt as much over there. I noticed that I had to ask for salt. Oh, there's another, uh, these things have come back. I'm yeah, going to join one night in Colombo called the Ministry of Crab, which is a, like the palm of Colombo. It's also what they used to call Ron Jeremy's house. <laughs> Thank you. Jesus. <laughs> call Morty. You've got to set, we've got to get a letterman set for you. Um, and a mouse just walks across the floor. <laughs> I'm eating my crab. Yeah. I look down. I, and the waiter comes over and this is when you know you're just in a different world. This is a high-end restaurant yeah. in Colombo. And I, I say, I didn't even want to say rat. Yeah. But I don't think it was a rat. It didn't quite look gnarly enough, but yeah. big. I Plus, you know, you don't really see colors when yeah, it comes to rodents. Right. They're all just vermin. Right. Yeah. I, I know. True colors. <laughs> true. I said, hey, a mouse just looked through it. He gave me a look like, and? <laughs> you know, like, you can yeah. see, it's just a different world. I said, I'm, I'm telling you, a mouse just went through there, and he said. I thought you were going to tell me that. You know, by mentioning it was a high-end place that he just, like, stomped it <laughs> right yeah. there on the floor. I guess the, the mouse, I guess they're used to this yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, He's the owner, probably. Probably. The mouse, uh, but the crab was great. But then, <laughs> then you're always worrying, do I got that little mouse paw to yeah. walk on this crab? Anywho. Um, great to be home. And uh, like I said, more insights will pour yeah. into my head. And uh, I, I, I craved a Big Mac, but I didn't get it because I was too tired to get home. And then when I got home, I just uh, laid down in bed for a second. You know, that face down thing yep. you see in movies. Boom. Got the 12 hours later. I'm still wiped out now, though. 
uh, something about last night. I didn't sleep as well. But uh, we can start talking next time about. Yeah, no, no. I was just gonna say, like you know, there's there's all sorts of things to uh, catch up on, but uh, no reason to do it now. We got we got a great travelogue here that uh, I thought uh, was fascinating. But uh, I will let people know that on our next show, the one that'll post on Thursday, our guest will be Donald Trump Jr. and uh, he'll be on talking about his new book. So uh, really, yeah. All righty. So, oh, oh, and uh, while I was away, I think the TCM thing opened. Yes, and uh, there was a lot of uh, great uh, buzz on your social media. People liked the videos. People love the video of you in Sri Lanka. There's, I don't know, there were like 30,000 views in the same day because pe- people just, they saw you, they didn't know where you were. So they liked that. And so that what that's every Friday in November, yeah. Dennis Miller and, and Friends. And I assume the first one was Marty because they said, I, I think I did Doctor Strange. It was Strange Doctor Strange Love and Duck Soup were in, at, at least two of the films. I don't know how many there were total, but those definitely both aired on Friday. Well, Friday. I can't wait to see. I hope somebody T-voted. it. Thanks for listening to The Dennis Miller Option, exclusively on Westwood One. Tune in to new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday on the Westwood One app, westwoodone.com, and on Apple Podcasts. And remember to rate, review, and share. Until next time, that's the show, and we are out of here. 